0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Well, good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Whether you're listening on TSN 1050 in Toronto, Coast to Coast, iHeartRadio, TSN Radio in Edmonton, thank you for jumping in. Whether you're catching up on the podcast, big week in the world of golf, and we are just marching right now towards the Open Championship. And I was looking at the schedule. What an insane July-August we have in the world of golf. Zakino with you, Scully. By momentarily, but uh, welcoming in now, Mr. Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you today? Another big playoff in the world of golf last night.
2: And they don't do anything at half measures anymore, right? I mean, it's, it's if you're going to have a playoff, you're going to have a real playoff and keep going. I mean, eight <laughs> holes last week, five holes this week. Um, and uh, yeah, nice to see Cam Davis pull the win out.
1: Yeah, big win, first time win, great young player. Uh, Australian gets it done at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We will break that down for you today. Lots to get into. We'll do a Mr. Butcher $100 uh, gift card giveaway. Winners, weird and what. Scully will be by. We're going to preview Mickelson, Brady, DeShambo, Rogers. We're going to jump into that. I don't care. Like, I'm curious if anybody cares a bit about this at all. I certainly don't. I think I I'm, I know they're raising money for a good cause, Uh, So so that's good. But does this belong in July in the middle of like maybe the most hectic stretch of golf with the Olympics being thrown into the mix? Why isn't this in December? or November, that's a head-scratcher. We'll get into that. John McCarthy, Toronto Sun Post Media, a new segment that we're gonna be doing monthly on Golf Talk Canada, Chase the Sun with John McCarthy. We'll have that for you. John spoke with Mackenzie Hughes about some interesting uh, developments and um, realization in Max's game. So much to get to, we'll do it all today, but let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and
0: headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer, Sandbagger, everybody knows one.
1: Bob a great win on the LPGA tour. Jin Young Ko a week after she loses number one in the world, where she, you know, she had that mantle for about a two-year run. Has not been the season she's wanted so far to date on the LPGA tour, struggling a little, especially in big events. But goes out and just plays almost flawless golf in front of a home crowd now that she calls you know, the Dallas area home. Uh, what a way to respond. She's still number uh, two in the world. She doesn't get number one back. But what a way to respond after losing number one. You've got to love when athletes like that just kind of answer, answer the call
2: she's a uh, ridiculously hard worker she's someone who will grind out when when there's something wrong with her game uh she was up until uh recently working with gareth Ruflewski, uh out of london ontario one of the premier short game coaches in the and uh, he talked about how they went and spent like four days sun up to sundown a couple of years ago working on short game putting chipping it's all that's all they worked on i mean I, my mind goes numb after about an hour and she's doing it for about uh, four consecutive eight-hour days, nine-hour days. So uh, she's she's dedicated. Uh, she's a hard worker, and and I think when she's playing, when she's playing well, she's probably the best woman women's player in the game. I mean, there was that ridiculous stretch a couple of years ago that started. Um, just before the uh, the women's open, the Canadian women's open, where she went, you know, some what was it, four hundred holes four hundred thousand holes without making a bogey or something. So uh, nice to see her back, and I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting finish to the season as they get in, and, and also to the Olympics. I mean, that's what they say. The two hardest, the two hardest Olympic teams to make, are the uh, Ethiopian uh, marathon team, or the Kenyan marathon team, and the uh, and the and the South Korean women's uh, golf team. I mean. If you're you're you could be eighth or ninth in the world on the Rolex rankings and you're not going to the Olympics for South Korea,
1: yeah, pretty amazing when you think about that. And, and maybe the possibility for a monster July, uh, for Jin Young Ko, considering she's now already a winner in the month of July, we're going to have a major on the LPGA tour and then the Olympics. This could be a very big summer, uh, for her, okay. COVID testing, Bob, we're going to get into that a little bit later in Winner's Weird and What. We're Kind of broke the news last week um, or covered the news that the Open Championship is going to have some very weird protocol. We will pick that up in Winner's Weird and What later on in the show. But COVID testing to officially come to an end the week after the Open Championship at the 3N uh, Championship on the PGA Tour. So unless you are showing signs of COVID as a player, a caddy, uh, an instructor, etc., someone who works kind of, quote, unquote, inside the bubble on the PGA Tour. I'm, I'm assuming media as well. Um, unless you are someone working inside the bubble and showing signs of COVID, symptoms of COVID, and request the test, COVID testing is done for good at the 3M in Minnesota.
2: A little weird coming on the heels of Hideki Matsuyama <laughs> testing positive. Um, but, you know, uh, to each his own. I know that um, when John Rahm at the Memorial tested positive, uh, there were they said that there were upwards of 50% of PGA Tour players had the vaccine. So I'm assuming that's probably increasing week to week. And I still think it is possible to get a test if you want one on the PGA Tour. That was my reading of it. But there's no formal plan to test. I know a number of the uh, tournaments have actually had Uh, vaccination stations at the tournament. So at the Memorial, you could come in, get your vaccination, and then go watch golf. So uh, at least they're still trying to keep things together and keep them moving forward in that regard. But uh, in the United States, they're, you know, judging from what I saw at the U.S. Open, things are pretty wide open down there.
1: I believe the attitude, Bob, not to get to uh, to to get political, uh, but and depending on what side of the fence you fall on, this is besides the point. But I believe the attitude is uh, they will be at about 80 percent is the number I heard of uh, fully double-vaccinated people involved with the PGA Tour, not just players. We're talking caddies, coaches, et B- Basically, for lack of a better term, people working inside the bubble. They'll be at about 80% double-vax. Uh, a double vax. And you're right, there will be tests available if you want one. It's just there will be no more uh, mandatory active testing. It's going to be, hey, I'm not feeling good. I'd like one. So I guess the attitude is, whether you agree or not, is by the time we get to Minnesota, you have all had plenty of time to be double vaccinated. You should have had it by now. It's kind of on you. We're done with it. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but that, that's the angle of approach. All right. Number one golf course in America on and off, depending on what rankings you're going by. Pine Valley in Jersey allowing female members for the first time in their 108-year history. Annika Sorensand, Sarah Ingram, Megan Stacey, first female members of Pine Valley Golf Club. Uh, 108 years, Bob, and uh, and it's happened.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, – how, how many clubs is Annika a member of now, do you think? Probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably like 40 or something. It seems like That's when you need be. a uh, – when you need a high-profile woman, and good for her, when you need a high-profile prof- woman to be a member of your golf course, uh, uh, you, you can go to Annika, and uh, listen, this is about uh, 25, 30 years, 50 years, whatever you want to say overdue, and good for, good for Pine Valley for finally uh, stepping up to the plate, um, even though, as I say, it is late. And you got three good players that are going to be there, and uh, you probably need to be a good player to get it around that golf course, so uh, good for Pine Valley for finally getting and jo- joining the group.
1: Yeah, I've never had the pleasure of playing Pine Valley. I hear it's extremely g- difficult. So I don't know, Bob, if this is uh, something you congratulate somebody on being a member there.
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Kinda... Best wishes. Good luck. Whatever you want to say.
1: <laughs> Bring him him lots a of balls and of flowers. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Send us balls and flowers. flowers. And uh not that these guys need more money or not that they uh play for the money. But the Open champion now this year will walk away with over $2 million. So now the Open championship, Bob, falls in line with the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA. Uh, All the purses now exceeding $11 million in total. Uh, the highest is the U.S. Open at 12.5, but they are—they're all, all in between 11 to 12.5 million in total purse money. Now, all the champions—I know this was a big concern of yours that maybe the Open champion would be stuck at 1.95 million, but you can relax—they're going to get over two, so you don't have to be worried about it. And it's interesting, you know—we're talking about the Open Championship and. You know, Adam has been uh, kind of—I uh, don't want to say a uh, little high, but certainly enthusiastic about Shane Lowry over this uh, over the spring and picked them a couple of times, showing some form and showing that maybe he's ready to defend his title. While Rory McIlroy, Bob, ooh, that was a sluggish-looking Irish Open for Rory, was it not?
2: Yeah. Uh, just first of all, to touch on the the prize money, you know, what would be interesting would be to take all the four majors, take an American winner. And see how much they would lose in each major in taxes, because I think at the Open Championship the tax rate is ridiculously high. I remember Phil Mickelson one time, um, I think when he came runner up to Henrik Stenson and he had won the Scottish Open maybe the week before. I might have my ears off a little bit. But he ended up taking winning like about uh two point two million dollars US and ended up coming home with like about three hundred thousand dollars after all the taxes and expenses and everything. But going back to your your point, warming up to the Open Championship, you know, we're, it's going to be a week, the uh, week Thursday that we get to the first round, and uh, I don't know who to pick. There's a lot of guys I thought would be up there <clears throat> that are not, and a lot of guys who I wasn't expecting, like Shane Lowry, really starting to show some form. So it's, I think it's going to be one of the more interesting uh, weeks to, to try and pick a winner.
1: It's kind of weird because I think you're right. I've got two names on my edge list for our open championship show that I'm going to be going with. I'm looking for the third, but I'm not, you know, I'm not slam dunking on those. Mind you, I think I had the worst. Adam, Mm -hmm. we haven't had a chance to uh, connect Mm -hmm. on, uh, on our edge teams. I I'm pretty sure Bob, all three of my edge picks missed the cut this week. I'm pretty. (laughs) I was, I think I
2: had one guy kind of in the running and I know my, my main pick missed it. Bryson. (laughs) So,
1: So, We'll have to update that later on, uh, on TV this week, but, uh, we've been on a hot streak on our edge picks. So sooner or later, Bob, it's not, ga- it's, listen, it's gambling for a reason, right? If we're going to be hot every week, the three of us, then it's no longer gambling. <laughs> sooner or later, we're going to go off a cliff, right? All right. On the other side, we'll, uh, take a look at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Great uh, victory. Another, um, another, uh, playoff, another young gun. Weird week for Joaquin Neiman, who's like, you know, just won't make a bogey until it counts, right? That was a strange uh, tournament for him. Uh strange week for Bryson DeChambeau with a caddy gate. Uh, Mickelson with a bit of a strange week. Lots to get into with the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, again, later on the show, John McCarthy, Toronto Sun, Winners were gift card. Of course, Scully by, we will preview the match number four version of the match. If I have that correctly, Brady and Mickelson taking on Shambo and maybe the Green Bay Packers, Eric Rodgers. Is he going to report? I think he reports the camp. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk some football. If we're going to talk American football, we might as well talk some international football because the Azuri got to take on Spain on Tuesday. And that is uh, what we're all very excited about is I have the a uh, Family vehicle wrapped in Italian flags right now sitting in the driveway. But, you know, Maybe take it for a spin up in Woodbridge a little later. We'll tell you that. On the other side, Rocket Mortgage Classic. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf.
1: And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Aquino Weeks. uh, Scully joining in to segment four as we will do a Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway. Lots to get to today, but Rocket Mortgage Classic. Before we get to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Cam Davis with a, a big win in a playoff for a great young player. Bob was uh, talking about Phil Mickelson. It was actually back in 2013. He, he double-dipped, won the Scottish Open in 2013 at uh, Castle Stewart, if I recall off the top of my head. Br- just a brilliant golf course in northern Scotland. Castle Stewart. And then uh, went out the next week and won the Open Championship with just a heroic back nine coming down the stretch for his only uh, Open Championship victory at tournament. And maybe at some point, Phil never thought he'd ever win, uh, and he hoisted the Claret Jug. But, Bob, you were outlining some of the taxation issues of what these players net when they play in Great Britain. So, give us the breakdown of Phil Mickelson's financial windfall in 2013. So,
2: <laughs> So in 2013, he won, as you said, back-to-back Scottish and Open Championships, and he earned about $2.1 million in prize money. There's a, to start, I won't go into too much detail, but but just to start off the top, there's a 61% tax on that for foreigners. Now, he will get some relief on his credit, on his taxes back, back home, but he basically, from those two wins, netted out after paying his expenses, um, they figured about $288,000.
1: So that's... that is insane. <laughs> Listen, no one's crying for Phil. No one's no one's worried that Phil's got money issues. That's for sure. But wow, that is crazy. And uh, you know, I wonder. I wonder how many athletes, uh, to your point, Bob, in the break, you're saying that uh, Hussein Bolt, Bolt has never run in the UK because he doesn't want to, you know, maybe get taxed to, to death. So I'm curious how many golfers have said. You know, maybe take a pass for this week. You know, we're going to preview the Scottish Open this week, and the field's amazing at the Scottish Open. I wonder, though, Mm. if you're Phil Mickelson or whatnot, you know, who's who's maybe going, ah, maybe I don't need to do this. But tours in Detroit, going into the John Deere Classic, Cam Davis, five-hole playoff. Bob, I find it amazing to me, and I guess this is more a statement on Joaquin Neiman as well, in the sense that he plays four rounds of bogey-free golf the entire week. And then bogeys his first hole in the playoff. And it's just something different about playoffs. These guys still feel pressure. They feel it. It's a difference. And again, another playoff where, you know, no one really made anything in this playoff. You know, Troy Merritt misses the green on the short par three of the playoff hole, unable to get up and down. Kind of hits a block putting stroke. Uh, Cam Davis, multiple shots to win this thing in the playoff. Could not get it done. But it ends up just being whoever's standing last uh, wins this. But it's amazing to me how tight these even the best players in the world hold the putter in the middle of a playoff.
2: So Cam Davis had a birdie putt on each one of the five playoff holes. He hit the green all five times. And, I mean, when you couple that with coming in, how he got into the playoff, Holding a a bunker shot for an eagle and then birdieing the 18th hole just to get into that. That's remarkable. Uh, walking Neiman coming through and, and basically, uh, just you know, making a the first mistake of four days on the first playoff hole. And then Troy Merritt shot 36 on the front nine. It looked like he wasn't going to be anywhere and came rallying around and kind of held on and held on and held on. But uh, I thought it was kind of an entertaining finish, even though it was long. And for the second week in a row, I can feel for the announcers, who were trying to catch flights probably and didn't. So uh, it, it's good, though. And Cam Davis also becomes another guy. Who went through Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, Corn Ferry Tour, and now a winner on the PGA Tour?
1: Well done for him! It is his first career victory, three-man playoff. Troy Merritt, Joaquin Neiman. now Cameron Davis will move to thirty-fourth on the FedEx Cup points list. Uh, again, very just a young Australian player in his early twenties gets it done. Uh, maybe a springboard for the rest of the summer, the rest of his career. Let's hear from the latest winner on the PGA Tour, Cameron Davis.
3: The emotions were pretty similar to coming down the stretch in regulation. To be honest, I uh, I just kept on hitting the shots that I was hitting in regulation. The same approach. Um, It was just under the impression that I just needed to hit a really good shot and make a putt for birdie if I wanted to win, or or just keep on giving myself chances. And um, stayed really calm. I hit some good putts, hit some not so great putts, but um, I had a lot of opportunities, and I guess that was eventually what uh, got it over the line for me. A lot of good good, solid quality shots in, uh, in important situations. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And uh, that's a testament to some of the hard work we put in.
1: Tools in the toolkit. He's going to take away from this one and uh, being able to get it done when he needs to. It's a big win for Cameron Davis. An interesting week, though, kind of away from the golf course in Detroit, Bob, that we're two weeks away from the Open Championship and then we're three weeks away from uh, the Olympic Games and Bryson DeChambeau, Caddy split. Um the night before, I find this interesting. I don't know where to go with this because they're suggesting, you know, it was a mutual split, that it was just time to to break. They've they've had a split in the past. This is not their first breakup. It was a mutual split is how it's being, you know, laid out publicly. I find that weird though. A night, the night before, a mutual split. What, what, what's your, what's your gut saying on this one? He's a hard guy to caddy for. I know that.
2: Mutual split could mean a lot of things, right? It could mean like, a, I hate you. Yeah. Well, I hate you. So mutually we agree on it. I mean, that's kind of a code, not necessarily meaning that they're both on the same page, except for the fact that they don't want to work with together. Uh, yeah. Listen, Bryson's got to be the most difficult guy in golf to caddy for, from what I understand. Um, Tim Tucker, who was the caddy, has done this before. He's I think he's asked for a little bit of a raise, uh, which I think is deserved when you're standing on the range at 11 o'clock at night trying to work out a driver. And when you've got to carry uh, nine pieces of uh, technology with you everywhere you go to set them up on the range and everything. And you got to work through all these numbers and worry about fire ants and out-of-bounds and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I think that... He's got to be difficult to work for. At some point, guys have just got to say, look, it's not worth it, and unless you're going to make it worth it for me, then I'm going to go. I think it's, I mean, the fact that he did it, as you said, day of, or at least possibly the day of uh, of the first round, and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see who shows up on the bag, Uh, not necessarily at the the match on Tuesday, but more so uh, the next tournament that he plays. Um,
1: I find it so interesting, just something that maybe doesn't get spoken about enough and I guess it's in relation to this but you know we talk about the modern day golfer so much right and we talk about the modern day athlete and how the game has changed and it's a power game and all the things that have changed in the world of golf which is all true even the last 20 years Bob you remember going back to like oh one, oh two, oh three, and looking just the distance that players would hit it off the tee on the PGA Tour I mean if you hit it 300 yards in 0102 you were long and If you hit it three yards, three hundred yards today, you are deemed tour average, and that's a big jump in, in twenty years. I wonder if we don't talk about enough or give enough credit to the change in the role of the professional caddy in the world of golf, because as all these things have been changing that we've talked about, how far the ball flies, the type of athlete that plays the game, the technology they use with their Trackmans and their Foresight uh, GC Quads and everything, the traveling circus that is now the PGA Tour, the caddy has had to adapt, in, in most cases, to all of this and be comfortable with what these numbers mean and how their player warms up and how their player trains and how they look at a golf course and how the change in equipment has changed the golf course, especially if you're a guy who was out there caddying when the old equipment was in play. you got to almost unremember and relearn everything over again and forget what you used to know. Is that something, Bob, that maybe we don't talk about enough with the modern caddy?
2: I think so, and I think it's it's uh, probably a good reason why the majority of caddies today are pros, have great golf experience because you've got to know what's going on. Hey, listen, to, w- w- there's green reading books now. There's, I mean, everything is so much more uh, intense, so much more focused, so much more in-depth. And, and if you're a caddy who doesn't keep up, you know you're gonna probably lose your job and I'm not saying that's what happened here but I think that um, there's a lot more on the table for caddies and maybe the caddies now feel that they should be getting paid a little more because of that. Maybe they feel that they're not getting their just desserts in some cases and uh, it's not too often that you see major caddy player splits so I think a lot of them are very comfortable with with that for all the reasons that you just outlined Mark you know they get into a relationship they know their player the player knows the caddy when to say when not to say things things like that but uh, um, it's uh, it's it's a thankless job to be sure
1: it certainly is and I think you know uh, you got to be a psychologist and it's 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 unbelievable and you hear like even a guy like Phil Mickelson and go back Bob to the uh, PGA Championship, and I know that's his brother, so I know there's a different dynamic at play there. But a guy like Phil Mickelson, who you know has won everything pretty much, you know, minus the U.S. Open, uh, was you know openly suggesting you know how great his brother Tim was, and had to talk him off the cliff at times, and interject at times, and calm him down, and re- refocus the mind. And this, I mean, these guys are also psychologists. Maybe the most underrated relationship in all of sport is the caddy to the player, something that uh, maybe we'll have to get a, you know what, maybe we need to, to, to book some caddies on the show and sure, have this conversation. Might... Hey, listen,
2: listen, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, Hank Lubiota. I don't know if you saw that, but Danny Sharp, who used to caddy for many years for Lori Kane, he's on his bag now. Uh, Billy Spencer was on Sung J.M.'s bag this week. So uh, there's a lot of Canadian caddies out there on the, uh, on the tour.
1: I think that'd be a great roundtable for the winner, guys. Let's, 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 uh, put that one in the back pocket. That'd be, uh, a caddy roundtable GTC winner special might be a fun one. Okay. On the other side, we're going to do a fun one. John McCarthy, Sun Media, Post Media, the Toronto Sun National Golf Writer, going to join us for our first ever chasing the sun with John McCarthy coming up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Lots coming up here on the show. Hour two, we've got winners Weird and What. We're going to break down the match. Coming up at the end of this hour, we're going to do a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway. But we're excited about our new partnership with uh, Sun Media, Post Media, the Toronto Sun, John McCarthy. National gar- golf writer for the Toronto Sun. You can follow him at John McCarthy's Sun, at John McCarthy's Sun. And today we get to debut our first episode, first segment of Chasing the Sun with John McCarthy. Here's my chat with John McCarthy. John, thanks for coming on the show. Our first ever Chasing the Sun. Let's get right to it. We've got two great players right now on the men's side of the game, both recently kind of sticking their toe in the major pool, for uh, lack of a better way of describing it, but gone about their game very differently. Corey Connors, he's a ball-striking machine, you know, worked so hard on his putting, and then kind of flipped the switch to say, let's work on the wedge play. But with Mackenzie Hughes, a different way of going about it, is that a fair uh, way of maybe assessing it?
4: Exactly, and thanks for having me on, Mark. Um, well, you look at Corey Connors, and it's very obvious how he's gotten to where he is in this past year. Uh, he was a ball striking magician for his whole career, but the past two seasons, he was 181st in strokes gained putting, which I know we're all going for consistency in golf, but maybe not that kind of consistency. So he works on his short game and his putting, and all of a sudden this year, he's 101st in strokes gained, even gaining a bit against the field. So Corey Connors, with a positive strokes gained, he's going to he's going to be a force to reckon with, but with Mackenzie Hughes, his progress has been a little harder to see because he told me that he's always thought um, he's trying to keep a positive mentality on the golf course and, and negative thoughts get into his head. And I mean, anybody that plays golf and cares about their game knows how it's hard to play golf when you're sort of golf's hard enough out there. You don't have to be fighting yourself, but this is something he's been doing his his entire career, but in the past year or year and a half, he's really been working hard on trying to stay positive on the golf course. And we all remember last year, Mackenzie Hughes makes it to the tour championship has his best season. We remember the great times, but that season started off with nine of 11 missed cuts for the first six months of that season. He only earned $30,000 on the golf course. And then he had a caddy change early that year to, uh, a St. Thomas man named Jace Walker Canadian and they were going to the Honda missed five they had missed five straight cuts and it looked like they were well on their way to missing another one and on Friday Jace could tell because uh, Mackenzie had told him that a red flag for him is if he gets quiet on the golf course that sort of means that he might need someone to to pick him up to try and not let him roll into this negative attitude and I guess Jace picked up on that and he told him he said, "Listen." Just hang in for two more hours, and even if we don't make the cut, you're going to feel better about yourself in two hours if you hang in and grind this round out. So what does he do? He finishes the rest of the round even par. He makes the cut on the number at the Honda, shoots 66-66 on the weekend, runner-up to Sun J.M., and all of a sudden the season's rolling. And that happened to be the final start before the COVID break. So if he had not done that and he'd gone into the COVID break missing 10 of 12 cuts Who knows where his season goes? Who knows if he tries to make some big changes? But because of that, all of a sudden, he he knew that it was in him, and he knew how important it was to stay positive on the course. And that's something he's continued to work on and something we've seen the benefits of recently.
1: I find it so interesting, too. The players are so different, John. I, I always say, you know, Corey Connors, in order for him to kind of get over the hump in a big event, like we saw at the PGA Championship, He needs to figure out a way to put a positive round on the board, keep a tournament going on the day where he doesn't hit 15 greens because he just hits 14, 15 greens so often and makes it so easy on himself that that day where he hits 10 greens, 9 greens, 11 greens needs to find a way to put a score on the board. Mackenzie Hughes is almost the opposite sometimes when he has it going when he has that kind of positive attitude that you're referring to where he, you know, he's kind of got to jump on his step he's a little bit more chatty the energy levels up etc sometimes he can you know turn something into nothing and it's amazing to me how, how different both of these players are considering at the moment you would put them one two for men's uh, Canadian golf and they're on the way to the Olympics together
4: yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, I mean, with, with Connors, he without ball striking, he can get himself onto leaderboards even when he's not putting well and when he's when he's not on his game. So I think that that's a great way to play professional golf because you're in it a lot and you're waiting for that hot putter. But with, with McKenzie, you know, he's a great chipper and we've seen him drop, you know, 60-foot bombs twice at the U.S. Open. So when you have that kind of game, it's a little harder to get into contention week to week to week so for him it's getting into a, a rhythm with the rest of his game and but when he does all of a sudden you start making bombs like that and you can move up a, up the leaderboard very quickly but we won't see hughes as frequently on the leaderboard because Connors can be there every week because on the strength of that ball striking if you look at the top you know 20 30 players on tour pretty much they all are elite ball strikers because that's the way to find massive consistency on the pga tour
1: All right, I got a couple of more for you here before we wrap up our Chasing the Sun. Rory McIlroy comes limping out of the Irish Open. Dustin Johnson, not exactly the year that he's wanted. Had a couple chances to win in the last few months. Could not get it done on Sundays. Kind of went in reverse instead of forward. Who needs a win more? Who needs to save their season with a big summer? We're two weeks away, John Deere Classic, then the Open Championship. Then, of course, we're going to have an Olympics then effects cup playoffs who needs something more to save their season rory or dj
4: well i think it's got to be rory i mean i'm looking mainly at the majors and dustin at least had one at the masters in the uh, the november masters but with rory i mean he's going on 7 years without a major championship and i also think rory puts some of the pressure on himself because he lets us in he lets us see how much he cares and we sort of we go through this mental journey with him every time a major comes around and with Dustin he it might mean just as much but he doesn't make it seem like it does you know he'll tell you oh I I think I hit it pretty good I missed some putts but with Rory he'll tell you what books he's reading what wine he's drinking and what he's going to do to console himself after a you know not a good performance at a major so we're more invested in Rory and it's been seven years so I think it's uh it's time for Rory to uh, hopefully break that major drought.
1: I'm with you on that as well I vote Rory uh, all the way and again to your point he lets us in that's why we love him so much but that also comes uh, sometimes with its pound of flesh so they speak and last one for you john Olympics is a couple of weeks away we're all pumped we think Canada's got a great chance to medal as we head to the Olympics on both the men's and ladies side uh, of the coin. Uh, But Bob and I recently have been talking a little bit about format. We'd love to see more of a team component to an Olympic event. That's really about playing for your country. Are you okay with just the 72 holes of stroke play? And it kind of looks a little bit more like a PGA tour or LPGA tour event, or would you like to see more of a a national kind of team component to Olympic golf?
4: No, I think I'm with you guys. I mean, if, if you could for sure have all the best players in the world there, perhaps the 72-hole stroke play would be a fine way to judge it. But we're already not getting all the best players in the world because so many of them are American, and you know, you're know you only going to get four of them. So it's, if you're not already not having the best in the world there, I do think it would be great to add some fun to it. And pretty, realistically, we have so many week-to-week events of, of stroke play like that. I'm, I'm for anything that... Add some spark and in life into it. And I think the Olympics, it's already there's so few team events in golf. Um, I think that it would be great to spice it up and maybe do both. I mean, they're there. They're there two weeks. It's, you know, women and men are playing on different weeks. Why not play both the stroke play in the first week and then have something a little more fun and, and give out you know two gold medals?
1: Why not? And we're shutting down anyway, to your point. That's a great, great idea. All right, John, thanks so much for doing this with us. We'll catch up on the other side of the Olympics and maybe preview the FedEx Cup playoffs and see where it landed for Rory at the Open Championship. He is John McCarthy, at John McCarthy's Sun, Toronto Sun, national golf writer, post-media. John, thanks so much for doing this with me. Thank you. Great to have John on the show. We'll catch up with him again before we hit those playoffs in August and look for some Golf Talk Canada content in uh, Sun Media across the, the country in the next few weeks or so. On the other side, Bob, Adam, and I, we're going to do what we love to do best, give away some meat. That's what we love to do. We love to give away meat. It's Mr. Butcher, $100 gift card. We are going to open up the phone lines, 870-1050, 870-1050. If you have won a Mr. Butcher gift card already, please do not call. You are not eligible. It is open for people who have not won that live in the greater Toronto area and can answer our trivia question, which is coming up next right here on GTC.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the
1: golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's. We put a bow on our one. Before we put a bow on it, we got to welcome in Mr. Adam Scully. And uh, Skulls. let's give away some meat. $100 gift card, Mr. Butcher. Of course, if you win a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card, you get to go into the grand prize, which is a barbecue for you and nine of your friends at the end of the summer, for everyone who's won, we'll do a random draw. We'll have more information for on that coming up in the next few weeks. If you've won a Mr. Butcher gift card, please do not call. You are not eligible. And if you live outside the uh, greater GTA, also, this is for people listening on TSN 1050 only. 416-870-1050. Match, the Match 4 takes place tomorrow. It is Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady Uh, playing against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. We want to know, in the last match, edition number three, who was Phil Mickelson's partner in the match three? I will give you a hint. He is on commentary tomorrow, and maybe... The highlight of this entire thing, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. Who was Phil Mickelson's partner in the match three? And again, the hint, he'll be on commentary tomorrow in the match four and likely will steal the show. All right, Skulls, what's going on, brother? How's the golf game, by the way? I know you've been taking some lessons. I was up at Beacon Hall. My good friend Hugh Brown uh, brought me up on Tuesday. I saw Dustin Taylor who, old longtime friend, is now the head pro at, at Beacon. That place is spectacular. Kicks my, kicks my butt every time. We played the tips. Uh, I mean, what a golf course. Unbelievable. I think, man, I think I was like three over par when the horn blew, and that's likely, I think, the best I've ever been there, probably by a long shot. Like, it mm-hmm. just destroys me, but I love the place. How's the game? And I know you're taking lessons up there, too, aren't you? yeah so i took
3: a lesson up there 10 days ago now and last weekend the changes were going really well but after five days of not touching a club and working We got into some old patterns, so I saw some different parts of the golf course yesterday that I didn't know existed. (laughs) I didn't know you could hit it 80 (laughs) yards right of a fairway and still have a shot, so I got to see other members. I got to socialize a little bit, so that was good, but uh, other than that, in the GTA here, talk about two perfect days, Saturday and Sunday, not too hot, not too windy, just pure perfection. Now that it's it's July, uh, the, the summer is in full swing.
1: All right, uh, Adam, we can't ignore what Bob sent us in the break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just can't ignore it. Uh, yesterday, uh, the hot dog eating contest occurred at Coney Island on the 4th of July. And Bob shared with us a picture. Now, what year was that, Bob, with you off the on off the record? 2013. 2013, and you are with the famous uh, hot dog eating champion from Japan, uh, how many hot dogs now yesterday, the record, uh, how many, uh, yesterday did the winner consume like 70 something? So, right?
2: yeah. So yesterday, Joey Chestnut, who's the, uh, the, the, man at Coney yeah. Island, he ate 76 hot dogs. I think it's five minutes. They get and hot dogs <laughs> and buns 76 broke his world record by one. Now, Kobayashi is kind of the legitimate contender, but he is sponsored by a, a different company. So he doesn't go in the, the Coney Island one. But back in 2013, he came on off the record. And Steve Buffery from Toronto Sun and I went up against him in a 30-second hot dog eating contest. And uh, <laughs> I, ate like, I ate like half of one hot dog and then gave up because Kobayashi ate five in 30 seconds with the buns. He soaks the buns in water and it's, uh, it's, and he's like 130 pounds soaking wet. Not the most. <sighs> yeah
1: this can't be good for you it, it just cannot be good for your insides uh, i think no. we're still looking for a winner guys 870 no. 1050 eight, are we still looking for a winner chris oh we yeah. got a winner okay we got a winner we'll get to the winner coming up on uh, hour two guys before we wrap hour one we've got you know about five or six minutes left here and this is something that we're going to break down and we're going to get deeper into this over the next few weeks but there's only a handful of weeks left before the FedEx Cup last. So we're going to go five. We're going to go John Deere Classic this week. Then it's going to be the Open Championship. And an opposite Open Championship will be a Barracuda Championship, which is not full FedEx Cup points because it's an opposite field event. Then we'll go to Minnesota for the 3M Championship. Then we'll go to North Carolina for the Wyndham Championship. And, Bob, I believe that's it. So Maybe that's it. Maybe that, it's four. And then, yeah, that's it. Just the four and then the playoffs. So, I mean, if, if you're outside the top 125 or you're near the edge of the line in the 125, you better have a good stretch here. Now, the good news is a lot of our Canadians that are on the outside looking in are likely going to get some starts, starting with that Barracuda uh, and some of them, will, I'm sure, are in the field of the John Deere Classic. Uh, but I mean, that Barracuda Championship, even with limited points, has all of a sudden become a very important thing for Team Canada. Let's take a look right here, right now. I, I've got it up in front of me. I know uh, Adam Hadwin's currently sitting at 111, so he he's on the uh, inside. Uh, I wish they put the flags up on this list box. be <laughs> yeah. so much easier to find. Michael it. Gligic, you
2: know, they... I, I got him here if you want it. Michael Gligic is oh, 139. Oh, you got him there. Okay, great. Michael Gligic yes. 139. Roger Sloan 142. Nick Taylor 143. Now Nick Taylor still has another year for his Pebble Beach win, and David right. Hearn at 163. So uh, Adam actually okay. told me. Interesting. I, I talked to Adam at the U.S. Open about the Olympics and if he felt you know disappointed that. Uh, if it had been on schedule, he would have been on Team Canada. He said no, and he said, in fact, you know, I was act- seriously considering when I was in the running this year to take my name out just because, uh, you know, I have to focus on the FedEx Cup. I can't take another week and travel and do all that. He said, you know, I'm, I've got to find a, keep a job for next year. So uh, he's he's obviously a little bit worried about it.
1: Okay, now here's the positive news, Bob. Michael Glickick is, like you said, 139th. He's at 1728. That's his number in terms of points, 1728. Uh, And then Roger Sloan is 1738. Nick Taylor, uh, 1739. But again, Nick Taylor still uh, having the exemption from from the victory. And Hearnsey, I'm looking for his points. Hearnsey is uh, 1824. So 1728... And now let's go up to 125 is Tommy Fleetwood at 169. So we're, we're, we're inside 100 points. Mm-hmm. It's not that huge a gap. So don't be so, in other words, don't be so focused on where they are in terms of the top 150 at the moment. That's something you look up at, at the Wyndham Championship. But with these four weeks left and a few starts, they're less than 100 points away from really getting into a secure place and being in the playoffs, which means that those points that are not full field points of the Barracuda, Barracuda Championship have all become so very, very important, Bob, in an opposite field event.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, look, some of those guys are starting to move. Roger Sloan had a good week last week, went from 154 to 142. So you can make up ground in a hurry, even at an event that doesn't have that many points, but you've got to obviously finish up there quite high. But you cannot afford to miss a cut and you you cannot afford to you know turn those 70s into 74s uh you just got to make sure that every every stroke isn't going to count uh from here to the finish line
1: it's amazing it's a fun time of year it really is it's the tournament within the tournament and then we get to the wyndham championship adam which feels like wild card weekend in the nfl doesn't it
3: It sure does. You know, you mentioned Wildcard Weekend, one of the best weekends on the NFL calendar, and you know you're watching two leaderboards at the Windham. You're watching the 125 line. You're watching the Windham Rewards line as well. So yeah, we're just what four weeks away from that. It's gone by so quickly. The Super Season, you know, 50, 50 tournaments, six major championships, the final men's major next week. It's all gone by so fast.
1: Wow, what a year it has been. I can't believe, and we're still got lots to go. We're going to take a look on the other side at the uh, John Deere Classic and the Scottish Open. But have you guys just quickly seen the field at uh, the Scottish Open? I mean, I guess we got to give a little hats off here to our uh, Canadian uh, counterpart in, in Keith Pelly, do we not? For reshaking and rejigging the European tour schedule to recognize that if... You put the Irish Open and the Scottish Open as a lead into the Open Championship, that it would uh, just strengthen those tournaments and strengthen the field and, and kind of elevate the Irish Open and the Scottish Open to where kind of they should be, and it worked. The Irish Open had a decent field, pretty solid field, and the Scottish Open looks like it's, uh, you know, well, they've got uh, John Rahm in the field, Terrell Hatton in the field, uh, Xander Shoffley in the field, uh, Justin Thomas in the field, Call him Morekawa in the field. The John uh the uh, Scottish Open is really rel- relishing its position leading into uh in, into this Open Championship. Really d- done for Keith Pelly and uh you got to give credit to him, Bob.
2: Yeah, and uh don't forget Corey Connors is in that field. And on the flip side of that is if you look at the John Deere, it's like five five of the top mm. 50 in the world ranking I think are in there, so it's uh it's obviously taking the uh the hit from what's going on across the pond. And uh, they still have that charter that will fly the guys over, so it's not quite as crushing. But um, obviously, if you can get over and get yourself acclimatized to the weather, to the time zones, to the food, to the COVID protocols, uh, I think you can probably be one step ahead of the guys who don't.
1: And don't forget that if you're not in the field of the Open Championship, your last chance to get in is to win the Scottish or to win the John Deere. And several years ago, I was at the John Deere Classic for PGA Tour Radio, and I called Bryson DeChambeau on the final day, I, his first ever win on the PGA Tour, that punched his ticket to the John Deere Classic. And I remember uh, standing on the range with him and waiting to see if it, if his number was going to stand or if we were headed towards a playoff. And uh, just the joy on his face, I think the realization of standing there going, oh my God, this is like basically the day my life changed. I'm a winner on the PGA Tour, and I'm going to the Open Championship. And he, he kind of wore it all over his face. Very cool moment. One of my favorite moments of calling golf, uh, for sure. And uh, I, I remember asking him, I uh, asked him about his day, asked him about his win in the post-round uh, interview. And I said to him, my final question was, did you, did you pack your passport? And he <laughs> says, yes, I did. So there you go. So it could happen this week at the John Deere Classic. On the other side, we will play a little under par, over par with the field at the Scottish Open. And a feel, and with a few players in the John Deere Classic to see where Adam and Bob are, are on some of these big names in the world of golf. Some of which we haven't seen since the U.S. Open. We haven't really seen them in the mix, so hard to play over par, under par on some of these guys because eh, the sample size. You got to go back what three weeks to Tory Pines to know how you feel about how their game is and where they're playing. We'll jump into it next. Plus, winners weird and what coming up in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada television weekly on the TSN television network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one. Now here are your hosts Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks and Adam Scully.
1: And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Hour 2. We have a winner, Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway, $100. Bobby Jones, uh, of course, uh, greatest amateur player uh, in the history of the game. Uh, won a Grand Slam when the Grand Slam was the U.S. Open, uh, U.S. Am, British Am, and o- an Open Championship, of course. Uh, held all four trophies at the same time. Um, gave birth to the Masters and Augusta National, and now a $100 uh, <laughs> gift card winner. Uh, He can put on the resume as well. So pretty amazing when all those things line up. He knew that Charles Barkley is Phil Mickelson's uh, partner tomorrow in the match, which we will discuss coming up actually in the next segment. And uh, I'm I'm curious if anyone's going to watch this. I'm curious Mm. because, hold on, we've got to shoot Golf Talk Canada television tomorrow. We've got the Azuri playing Spain tomorrow. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. I might just be watching the highlights of this. I'm not too excited about it. But you know what I am excited about is the Scottish Open, because the Scottish Open, guys, is at the Renaissance Club in North Berwick, Scotland. So we are back to a linksy type of golf course. The one knock I would have put on the Irish Open this week is that they were at Mount Juliet. Now, Mount Juliet's got a, a wonderful tradition of golf on the European tour with the Irish Open. But it's not a tune-up for the Open Championship. It's not like when we were at La Hinch for the Irish Open uh, or, or a course of that nature where we are going pure links uh, three weeks in a row with Irish Open, Scottish Open, Open Championship. We are pure links uh, to this week uh, for the Scottish Open. And the field shows it. So we're going to play a little over-par, under-par here with the field at the Scottish Open. I'm not going to go with John Robb because I think we're all going to be in agreement that John Rahm is under par and is likely, I know the official World Golf Rankings put him at number one, but I would also suggest that he is likely the hottest player in the world as well. So the, the, the official World Golf Ranking is, is accurate. So let's go with the next uh, big name in this field, according to the official World Golf Ranking. Number three in the official World Golf Ranking is Justin Thomas it's been a very strange year for Justin Thomas it has been at times where he's won golf tournaments and has looked like he's going to break out and be a threat uh, again and then there are times where it's just been kind of you know lost in the wilderness obviously some issues off the golf course earlier on in the year that he has seemed to get by but uh, Bob where are you on JT Uh, he comes into the Scottish Open Looking to find some form, looking for tune up as we head to the Open Championship. Justin Thomas, over par, under par, Bob?
2: I got to go over par, and I don't really want to, but um, he is just, you know, just sort of lost, it seems, out there. There's no real big uh, momentum. He doesn't have the big mo going, I think. I mean, he's played some decent golf last little bit, tied for 19th in the U.S. Open, and uh, looked to be. Playing not too poorly, but uh, you know you got to go back really to the Players Championship. He did okay at the Valspar. If you go back to the Players Championships, the first last time he was inside the top ten in any tournament. So, like he's not playing terrible golf, but he doesn't look like he to me like he's playing very inspired golf. And that's where we see these finishes. I think kind of in the in the mids, as I call them, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on this. Uh, I kind of read it exactly the same way. It's kind of a little uninspired. It's kind of like a hanging around golf, right? Not bad enough where we're calling him out and putting them on the carpet and asking what's wrong with them, but certainly not good enough to get anybody's interest or excitement involved. And for that reason, I'll also have him over par. Where are you, Scully? JT, over par, under par? We're only a week away from the Open Championship.
3: Yeah, I'm still over par on him as well. I feel like he might be trending potentially in the right direction. He had a chance for a brief second on Sunday at the U.S. Open before finishing T-19. But yeah, since the Players' Championship, the miscut obviously at the PGA Championship, not making it through the first stage of the match play. It's just been a very strange uh twenty twenty-one for Justin Thomas, but... You know what, I, I, I'm not quite sleeping on him just yet for next week's Open Championship. I'm curious which JT shows up this week at the Scottish Open, but for me, he's still over par.
1: All right, next in line here, boys, uh, Colin Morikawa And let's go back to the Masters in April. And if you look at the Masters st- statistically for Colin Murakawa, you know, 73 on Thursday, uh, 69 on Friday, just a horrible uh, 75, horrific Saturday uh, for Colin Murakawa. But if you look at the ball striking numbers, I mean, if he putted just average in this event, he could have won at Augusta National. He finished T-18. He putted with a blindfold. He continued to putt with a blindfold for the next few weeks and contended T-8 at the PGA Championship. The putter is seeming to wake up a bit again. Things calming down. The putter is starting to behave. Second at Memorial, T-4 at the U.S. Open. I don't know how you can't have Colin Morikawa under par. I know we'll talk about the putting. We'll probably talk about a lack of international experience on Lynx golf and things like that. But Adam, let's stay with you. I, I He just plays big events well, and maybe the slow greens help Colin Morikawa. I got my theories on that as well, as you've heard in the past, but I've got him under par.
3: You know, I was just going to bring up the slow greens. I'm curious, does this help Colin Morikawa or, or does this hurt Colin Morikawa as someone who's, as he has said, his putting is the weak part of his game. I'm still under par on him heading into this week. Obviously, uh, looking at Justin Thomas's Instagram story this morning, the, the forecast in Scotland is for rain, rain, and more rain. So we'll, we'll see how these guys play with the different weather conditions on a true links course. But for me, Morikawa, given the way he's hit the ball as of late, is still under par.
1: Bob, where are you on this? Are you concerned about the slower greens? Are you concerned about the experience with Lynx Golf that side of the world? Or are you just going, hold on a sec. Every time we have a big event, there he is hanging around.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, you can look at him and go talk about talk about his good play, but I think you're right. I think uh, I think for I don't know. I, I agree with you, I guess on the on the slow greens thing. I think that might be the one thing. So I'm going to go under par, but just slightly slightly under par on this one because of because I'm still not sold on it yet.
1: All right, you're a little bit more on the fence than I was on that <laughs> one. Could <kind of, laughs> <laughs> you tell? <laughs> the next one I'm curious about, guys, because like, <sighs> it's almost the flip side of the coin for me. You know, I, I'm sitting here kind of putting Colin Murakawa over uh, under par. I'm using a wrestling term on, on you guys there. I put him over. That's what they. <laughs> I'm putting him under par because of his consistent play, and I'm going to put our next guy over par for the same reason. Which is, that I'm kind of contradicting myself. But Xander Shoffley, does he not just have to win a major at some point now? Here, are we not getting to the point now where the the good finishes are almost? I don't want to call it scar tissue because he hasn't had that. You know, Greg Norman Sunday at, at the Masters. We're not talking about anything like that, but. I don't know. I, I I don't know where to go with Xander. I'm leaning over par. Bob, where are you on Xander Shoffley?
2: I'm under par on Xander only because I think his record in major championships is pretty outstanding. Uh, five, you know, there's six major championships in this super season. He's been inside the top twenty in four of them, uh, and I think I think he brings his game. He's had a good record at the uh, at the Open before, not necessarily mm-hmm. a great one, but he's had a runner-up in 2018. So I think um, I think Links Golf is okay for him. And I, I think he's going to perform. I think you are going to see him rise up, but you're right. Pressure's on him now. He's probably now the current holder of the best player, not to win a major.
1: You got it. You, I would, I would suggest that has to be accurate at this given moment in time. He has to be the best player in the world without, without a major, you know, with all due respect to, uh, players like Ricky Fowler and players like Lee Westwood, who's had a you know a bit of a renaissance. Lee Westwood also in the field in this event, we should outline. Currently at this moment in time, the number five ranked player in the world is Xander Shoffley. He's got four wins on the PGA Tour, and he's got big wins, you know, Tour Championship, Century Tournament of Champions. He's got, a, uh, you know, playoff victories, et cetera. I agree with you there, Bob. All right, Skulls, you've been kind of high on Xander on most TSN Edge Weeks of big events. Where you got him right now, you under par or over par? I'm sort of a little on the fence here, kind of under par, I guess for me,
3: which putter is he going to show up with is he is he going to have the arm bar Ooh. putter again here? How is that going to work out on slow greens i I still can't believe that he put that putter into play three weeks before the U.S. Open at his home course that he's been dreaming about playing there since watching Tiger hit that putt in 2008 in person just off that green. I still can't believe he actually did that. I'm curious which flat stick he shows up with. But like Bob mentioned, his record in majors, it's hard to argue with. One of these, I think he's going to win one of these majors, whether it's the next one or one next year for sure. I, I think I'm still under par on Xander, but for me it's around the flat stick. That is the big question for Shoffley.
1: All right, two more players, and one of them I don't even know if we need to do because if, if, if we were, you know, if John Rahm is a slam dunk under par, you know, with all due respect to Rory McIlroy, but his, you know, his back nine or his last 12 holes at Torrey Pines and then what we saw this week at the Irish Open, can anybody put Rory under par? Nope. Bob?
2: Nope, no, nope. no, I don't Adam? think so. No. I mean, yeah. Okay.
1: No. What would he have to do this week? In order for him to be on your open radar, top five,
2: you'd have to win by at least eight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too much? Is that a little too much Maybe I no. think
1: that might be just a little too much. A little. I, thought,
2: I think he's got to be in 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 the hunt for the win and finish no worse than top five.
3: Adam? Yeah, for me, Rory McIlroy just has to get off to a better start in tournaments. You look at his last number of tournaments, first in the PGA Tour, 76, 72, 75, 72, 70. Last week, 72 at the Irish Open. Just around in the 60s. Just shoot under par in round one. Don't shoot yourself out of the tournament. He's done that in majors since winning his last one in 2014. But now it's carrying over to his play on the regular tour. So if he gets off to a better start, Rory will be in the mix. but. Yeah, he's still significantly over par, unless maybe not win by eight. But yeah, get in the get in the mix, have a chance to win, and be trending in the right direction come next week.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can get him sit there. Okay, guys, finally, Corey Connors. Um, are we still on the Connors train? I think for me, I think these, you know, the, the slow greens, etc. I don't know. Maybe Corey Ball strikes him, Ball strikes his way into contention in this one. You know, I'm starting to think that give give him some wind, make it tough, make it a ball striking contest. Very rarely is it a putting contest at the Open Championship. I kind of like Corey guys. In fact, you know, I might be talking myself into a Corey Connors edge pick here potentially in the next couple of weeks if he has a good Scottish Open. I'm going under par with Corey Connors. Call me a homer, but if it gets windy. You know, again, not a putting contest. Why not, Corey? Bob?
2: Yeah, I, th- I can see that. You know, he's, uh, he's certainly not afraid to play in the bad weather. And we've seen that a little bit in the- throughout his career. But I think he's got a, a consistency factor. And I think he's got a mental flat line. I don't think he ever gets too high or too low when things are going really well or really poor. And I think that's big for Lynx golf, where you know that <laughs> you can hit a great shot and get an absolutely terrible result. So I, I, I'm cautiously under par is the way I would put it right now because I don't think he has a wealth of experience over there uh, playing Lynx golf. So I know he's played the Open before, but uh, this will be you know, two weeks there. We'll get a good read on him this week, and we'll see what, the, what he does going into uh, St. George's.
1: I like that. Cautiously under par just based on you know a lack of history in, in this type of golf, etc. Adam, are you with Bob and I? Are you cautiously under par on Corey Connors? Or are you all the way under par? Yeah, I'm sort of
3: maybe in between cautiously under par and all the way under par. I'm a little more under par, perhaps, (laughs) if you will. Um, One thing, obviously, you know, we'll see what kind of draw that Connors gets, A, both this week and next week, because that's obviously a huge story uh, for a number of different open championships, if you, you get the wrong draw, you're not in the tournament because you just the, the weather is just so radically different. But Connors has had a great year. Yes, didn't play his best at the U.S. Open, but is getting now these major championship reps. Obviously, the performances at Augusta National, having the 18 hole lead at the PGA Championship. Corey Connors has to be under par.
1: And there you go. So we all like Corey under par to some degree. Okay. On the other side, we will find out. Is anybody going to watch the match for? That's my big question. I don't. I, I, we will try to break it down. I don't know if he can really break it down that much. Adam seems to be oh, excited yeah. about this. Bob and I not so much. I don't. I don't think. But we will see. Uh, there's a chance that one of us are is going to watch the match tomorrow. We will find out on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Leafs Lunch is back today, following GTC as No Euro 2020, as the soccer goes tomorrow. Trying to see who's gonna to get to the final. So we will have Leafs Lunch. I'm sure they'll be chatting. Do the Brooms come out tonight in Montreal? We'll be sweeping the halves out of the playoffs four straight. I'm trying not to say it with too much joy. <laughs> All right, uh I'm going to go to Bob first on this because I think I already know the answer for Adam. So there's no suspense. Bob, are you going to watch this match for uh Mickelson Brady DeChambeau, Rogers? I'll be honest, with you, I don't care. I listen, I know they're trying to raise money. I don't even know what the cause is. Uh but, you know, I so I'm not trying to get in the way of people investing their time to raise money for a cause. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying silly season stuff in the middle of july before an open championship before the olympics before the playoffs like why isn't this december 10th i'm not watching it i don't care it's in the wrong spot thoughts
2: yeah i have i have no desire to watch it and first of all i want to shout out to everybody don't at don't tweet adam mark myself and ask where you can watch it all right because it's not on tsn it's on a headline news (laughs) network or something but that's all i get constantly where can i watch it how come you guys didn't pick it up uh because we have wimbledon we have euro we have uh we have uh tiddlywinks and hot dog eating contests that people would rather watch than (laughs) i think this match to be perfectly honest with you Mm -hmm. i I don't know these things these things always have great hype and they always have a lot of fun the only one that i liked out of the first three um was the last one with Brady. Was that the last one? I think it was one Tiger and Phil with Brady. Two ago. Uh, I mean, like the first one True with Phil and yeah. Tiger was dry, 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 you know, and it wasn't really all that exciting. So I, I don't know. I just, these things seem to have great buildup, but always to me seem to fail to produce any real entertaining golf. It's great when there's no other, no other golf on, uh, but right now in the middle of the season, as you pointed out at the top of the show, Mark, I don't see the reason for it.
1: All right, Adam, you know how Bob and I feel. We don't care. We're not watching it. We don't think it belongs in July. Throw it in December. We might take a cup of coffee and watch an hour of it, likely complain about it the next week that it was flat and uninteresting. Give us your take, Skulls, because I think you might be engaged with this
3: to a degree. So like you guys mentioned, the timing is very weird. So the match three was around American Thanksgiving uh, in November when Charles Barkley didn't have a hitch in his swing anymore. So that was something that nobody knew was coming. <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious to see just like watching. So, so they had some sort of pre-press conference Zoom uh, two or three weeks ago with the four guys. And Phil Mickelson is just a funny guy. Like, he, he just sort of rags and trash talks. And Bryson DeChambeau was trying to be too funny. So I'm curious to see you know, how hard is Bryson going to try to sort of, you know, because he's mic'd up, because he has an earpiece in, I'm curious to see you know, how he's going to try to jab Phil. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we haven't really seen him play much golf on television. Apparently his handicap is around three and a half shots lower than Tom Brady's. If you want to put a little wager on this, the Deshambo rogers duo are the betting favorite. I will say as well, I'm doing a TSN Edge hit previewing this uh, showcase, if you will. They'll be coming out tomorrow morning, so I'll have all the betting odds for that. But the timing is just strange. Like you mentioned, there's so much going on in the world of golf. There's major championships now, left, right, and center, what, three, four weeks apart now. This should have been, obviously with, with Rogers and Brady, I guess it was the only time you could do it. Like last year when uh, the match two with Tiger and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, that was only the second sporting event since COVID had really shut things down. The first one being the TaylorMade driving relief the Sunday previous. So we're locked into that. It was hilarious. The guys were going back and forth. There was weather in play. Phil was hitting hellacious seeds and bombs, you know, that sort of thing. So that made it kind of funny. But the timing here is just so strange uh the one thing i am curious though we talked about this a little before going on air who is going to caddy for brooks for bryson dechambeau are we going to see brooks tepka caddy for bryson dechambeau are we going to see steve williams (laughs) caddy for bryson dechambeau i'm curious who's going to be looping for mr dechambeau
1: probably somebody from the cobra cobra equipment team would be my guess or you know an agent or something Yeah. yeah Uh, I understand, obviously, the NFL schedule is going to get in the way of doing this in in the winter uh, with two active quarterbacks, one of which we don't know is going to report to Green Bay or not, and the other one that is the reigning Super Bowl champ that has his entire team returning for next season. So watch out again for Tampa Bay, and Brady just keeps getting better with age. It's unbelievable. So I understand the timing on that, but I mean, you you just don't... I I don't... If you're going to do it in... It's just don't do it in July. If it belongs in November, December, use other athletes or other entertainers from sports that don't have conflicts. And I have a question for you guys, and I'm putting on my TV cap here now. And we're going to go to break because we've got Winner's Weird and What coming up next. But put it on my TV cap. You know, guys, we produce a lot of TV, the three of us, over our entire career. You know, We've been parts of really great programs, and we've been parts of programs where, ah, we could have done that better. Something like this, do we need a five hour live broadcast with something like this? Like, would this not be better as a produced in the can two hour piece? with uh, packaged goods, highlights. Tell the story to me in two hours. Don't tell the story to me in five hours, because to Bob's point, when you go back to Tiger and Phil in the first one, five hours of paint drying to, drying to watch, a pitching contest for $10 million is what it turned into. Adam, mm-hmm. you produce a ton of TV. Like, what about, th- what about these things more in a two-hour compact? Is that not more fun and more digestible?
3: Yeah, whether it's a pre-produced sort of package or segment or whether it's just nine holes perhaps that could be something one thing they have done which i really have liked because the, the tiger Phil match they were walking and they were miked up and half the time they were huffing and puffing because it was very undulating at shadow creek but now they've got the the, the souped up golf carts they have the gopros in the cart where you can talk to the that sort of way they can inter- interact with each other so i like that advancement in that sense but i think nine holes maybe would be enough like you watch these for an hour you're entertained but when you're on the 13th hole you're sort of you know, looking at your watch or making food or whatever, and it just doesn't have the same entertainment value.
1: 100%. Okay, boys, on the other side, three-dub, winners, weird, and what? We'll do it coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac. Spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Week Scully. It is that time. Three dub. Good, the bad, the ugly. Winners weird and what? And week C this week.
4: tea is yours, sir.
2: So so what do I do? Just aim for the pond?
4: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
4: I know I hit it into the water.
2: Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there?
4: Because it's fun! We're having fun!
2: Look, it went further than your ball! All right, boys, the, uh, my winner this week is uh, Ryder Cup captain Padraig Harrington, who uh, the Irish Open, of course, where he was playing, understandably, decided to start a little uh, one-upmanship with his uh, opponent, Mr. Steve Stricker from the American team. And he had a little arrangement that uh, basically he bought every single caddy in the tournament a drink. So he left a little card in their hotel room and said, have a drink on me, and I hope that you'll uh, cheer for us when uh, the time comes around uh, in September for the uh, Ryder Cup. And I thought, oh, man, that's pretty good. Like, how about that, right? I mean, I've never known an Irishman not to buy me a drink, but that uh, that one goes to the <laughs> to the nth degree over there. So good on Patty. And uh, as he said at the end of it, he says, I'm over to you, Steve. So we'll see what Stricker comes up with maybe uh, this week or maybe next week at the open championship, but good on Padraig Harrington. Uh, you can't help. It's always a good thing to have the caddies on your side. Mm-hmm.
1: You got a lot of you, Bob. It's like, uh, it's like when we are on the road at, at events and the, and the winner or somebody local buys the media, the beer and puts it in a cool, all of a sudden he's got a bunch of great stories written about him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh,
2: when a guy, when a guy makes a hole in one, right. And all of a sudden the media gets yeah. a beer in the, in the media yeah. center. That's always a good one too. But, uh, all right. Uh, my weird this week is you would never think this, but Bubba Watson is was wearing hand-me-down shoes. I know he hasn't played well this year and hasn't won a ton of money, but he was playing. He was using hand-me-down golf shoes at uh, at this week's tournament, and I thought, man, he's really fallen on hard terms. At least that's what the way the story looks. But in actuality, <laughs> what happened was he was wearing some Air Jordan golf shoes and uh an aficionado michael collins you know uh who's the Mm caddy on espn noticed them and said wow like are those a new style like i've never seen those before and as it turned out that's right he hadn't seen them before because they actually belong to mj who is good friends with bubba watson they have the same size shoes and so when bubba watson was playing golf with him a couple of weeks ago he commented on them and at the end of the day Michael gave him his shoes, so he was wearing Michael Jordan's shoes last week at the tournament. I mean, that's that's a little weird. I don't know, but uh, anyway, I guess they uh, he liked them. <laughs> so That is weird. Like, have, have you ever, Adam, Adam, are you size 13? You've got, probably got the biggest feet amongst us all. What size shoes do you have?
3: Uh, I, I'm an 11, so uh, not quite the 13, but uh, I mean, I, I, I would try. I would play in a 13. I might tear my ACL, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. All right. And my what this week is what great news we have coming from Atlanta, Canada, folks, because finally, finally they're starting to open up. So you now, as of today, can go to Nova Scotia and you can play all the great golf courses out there. Uh, as long as you have your double vaccine and you've been had it for more than 14 days, you can go and play Cabot. You can go and play Highlands, Lynx. Uh, the other provinces are gradually starting to put some things in order. So I'm thinking before this summer is over, you're going to be able to all those folks who want to go over there and play. Uh, at those beautiful golf courses out on the east coast can probably do that the one thing i will point out though andrew alkenbrack who is the uh the gm at cabot says they are already booking two years from now for tea times it's busy, two years busy, what? busy. two years ahead from now they're booking for tea time so <laughs> there <Wow>. you go <laughs> how about that uh i don't know how long you waited for a tea time mark but uh <laughs> i'm not sure but anyway the tea mark is yours
4: i'll answer the question you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth
1: bob the only uh two tea times i have ever booked in my life two years in advance were uh, pebble beach mm. uh year many 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 years ago and saint andrews those are the only two times where uh, if you want the advance and know that you're actually going to play on that day at that time, there are certain agencies mm-hmm. that have access to the T-sheet super early. You know, you pay a premium and then you kind of build your trip around it. And unbelievable that Cabot now, that says a lot. Hey, what a compliment for Canadian golf that uh, you got to plan two years in advance if you want to go to play to Cabot. So uh, my winner this week, and guys, if you go back through the history of Winner's Weird and What, you can really see that if someone agrees with me the week after I say something, they tend to be my winner. That's how much I love the people who agree with me, okay? <laughs> so, in, in the history and, and in the uh, tradition of Winners Weird and white, my winner this week is Ricky Fowler, mm-hmm. who called out the Royal and Ancient Golf Association on their ridiculous COVID policies. Now, I have no problem with people who have... Covid policies that follow science make sense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Ricky's point was the same as my point: you can't ask players, caddies, coaches, all by the way, who are all double vaccinated, jumping through hoops and doing backflips to uh, follow your Covid rules, which are basically we can't leave our house, and at the same time you let thirty-two thousand spectators into the Open Championship. He's just calling out the contradiction, calling out the RNA. Ricky agrees with me, so he's my winner this week. Okay, my weird <laughs> this week, boys. <clears throat> Rory McIlroy had a pretty weird Irish Open, but it started off with the story in the press room uh, early in the week. I don't know if you guys caught this. You love Rory; it's hard not to cheer for Rory, and he tells some great stories once in a while. He told a story about when he was a young teenager; his idol was Tiger Woods. Tiger went to uh, Mount Juliet, funny enough, to play in the Irish Open and, uh, and, and compete. Anyway, make a long story short, Rory snuck under the ropes at the end of the championship when they were doing the trophy ceremony, yada, 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 and was this close. And in Radio Land, this close means like I'm over-exaggerating an inch. But he was within reaching distance of, of Tiger Woods. He saw that glove, that Tiger game-worn glove, hanging out the back of the pocket, and young Rory thought, "Hmm, what if I reach over and I snag that golf club?" Rory McIlroy almost stole Tiger Woods' golf club. Now, the only way this is better is if he actually stole it, guys. So, <laughs> did you, did, Adam? Did you hear the story when he told? I it? did.
3: I did. I mean, there's some things that sure it'd be great to have someone's glove. It's like in tennis, when they take off their sweatbands and throw it into the crowd. Like, do you really want that? Like, I don't know. It's sweaty and uh, it's not, I mean, it'd be cool to have a Tiger Woods game worn glove, but I
1: don't know. (laughs) Listen, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods are the two greatest of all time. And I would take Tiger's glove and kind of just put it on the bar somewhere but I ain't wearing MJ's shoes. I won't go bowling, okay? <laughs> this guy won't go bowling because I ain't wearing other people's shoes. End of story. Okay. My what this week, what would an open championship be without the reigning Masters champion? Not to go back to COVID, but Hideki guys had the WD from the and Mortgage Classic because COVID policies are still in place, and he uh, tested positive. Uh, and now, listen. We don't know if he's got any symptoms at at at, at this moment in time. At the time he did it, so we don't know how he's feeling. We know the CDC would allow him to play after ten days or multiple negative tests showing no symptoms. The CDC guidelines are different. This is now in Great Britain. This is now the Open Championship. It is much tighter when it comes to these policies. Bob, could we be pegging it up at the Open Championship without the green jacket winner? Like. I don't even know when the last time that has happened.
2: Yeah, it's got to be a long time. And I'll tell you, the uh, the rules are very um, I mean, they're following the the RNA is following the rules set out by the, the British government, and they seem to be very strict in certain cases, in certain ways. Uh, they are having a little bit of a flare up from what I understand with the Delta variant. So I don't know what, what they're going to do. I mean, for a while, I know when you went over there, you were going to have to quarantine for five days before they were going to let you out to go and play the golf course or to work there if you were a journalist and, uh, I'm not sure what's happening now. So, uh, I'm sure Hideki would, would be very crushed if he had to miss that tournament. He actually started to play a little bit better too, but, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, that's going to be an interesting one to watch.
1: Yeah, we'll have to keep our eye on this one. I'm sure we'll know more when we go to air next Monday. All right, Scully. Winner's weird and what? Tea is yours.
3: Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one. Here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, gents. My winner this week goes to a tweet from Rafa Cabrera Bayo. So now here in the GTA in Ontario, we've been back golfing for seven weeks eight weeks whatever it's been and you know maybe you see some trends at whatever golf course you're playing whether you're listening or, or listening live or listening to the podcast where you see some divots not repaired you see ball marks not repaired and, and rafa cabrera Bayo put out a tweet that someone sent him saying a fresh ball mark repaired by a player takes only five seconds A freshly repaired ball mark will completely heal in 24 hours. A fresh ball mark left unrepaired for only one hour requires 15 days time before the ugly scar has healed. Please repair all ball marks and divots. It only takes two seconds. Repair your ball marks, especially now that it's nice outside. You want to have great conditions at your home course. Mark, this has to be something that everyone has to do, whether you're a scratch or a 40 handicap.
1: And I don't care what golf course you're at, guys. Uh, like, I, I mean, some memberships are better than others. But, I, I, I mean, I'm, everywhere I go, I fi- I'm fixing three, four ball marks uh, a green, it seems. It doesn't matter where I go. So this is a thing that I think plagues all of us, I, I, I would guess.
3: Yeah, and I I know some courses around the the world have divot repair party sort of thing where you go and repair divots and that sort of thing. So just take two seconds, repair your divot, repair someone else's divot or ball mark, and go from there. My weird this week, Jim Herman, another interesting tweet came out on July 1st. He put out his upcoming schedule. Play the John Deere Classic, defend at the Barbersall, prep for his fantasy football draft, play the WGC FedEx, (laughs) defend at (laughs) Wyndham. Win 40 million in the Player Impact Program, and then mail everyone who likes and retweets this some cash. So he's had 1.6 thousand retweets, 5.3 thousand likes. Bob, have you liked this tweet yet?
2: Yeah, I have not liked it yet, but I do like it. If that's if you make sense of that, but Jim Herman's a guy with a pretty good sense of humor, and I love uh, I love the, uh, the 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 style that he has on the golf course as well. But that's a, that's a lot of fun. He's he's doing some good stuff with that.
3: The player impact program, it's something, that's for sure. Okay, and my what this week. We still don't really
1: know, hey eh, guys, right? Player impact program, we st- we're still a little confused on how do you get this, you know, who's monitoring this, like to get back to Bryson and Kepka again. So if they just continue bad press for the next year, do they get a check? Is that how it works?
3: Uh, yeah, who knows? I'm really curious to see, see how that uh, all pans out. Okay, my what this week, what a, what, what a run it's been for Hank lebiota so he had a great finish obviously last week at the rocket mortgage uh finishing t4 and finishing t5 the week before he's now 94th in the fedex cup and he's had quite a run because he's had some some health issues he suffers from crohn's disease um, and for those listening, I also have the same disease and, and he's been very vocal in helping others who have this disease that there is no cure for this. And he's battled in a college tournament. He said he had to use the washroom 25 times in one round, uh, just numerous health issues. He says his diet is where it needs to be right now. He's incredibly strict with the diet. He says some days his priority is to practice and play and try to you know, sharpen up that short game. But some days your priority has to be to rest and help your body. So good on Hank Leviota for, A, playing some good golf and, B, helping those around the world who suffer from a disease that has no cure.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Great to see him playing well, and wow. I mean, you just, again, you don't know what people battle through to get through each day, regardless of what they do for a living, and some of them doing it at such an elite level despite all the challenges. Mm -hmm. Like, the game's not hard enough that you've got to manage that as well, so... All right, boys, on the other side, we will get caught up on leaderboards from around the world of golf. There was some titles handed out. We will preview Golf Talk Canada television this week as well. We'll do it all coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac. Spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac. Never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on the leaderboards from the world of golf from the weekend. Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf. BushnellGolf.com. We will have a Bushnell giveaway the week of the Open Championship. Details to follow next week at the Irish Open. Lucas Herbert gets it done at where's this all there? 19 under pars. Good for a three shot win on the European Tour. Jin Young Ko. Right a week after she loses number one in the world, her first win of the season. is a one-shot uh, win over uh, Matilda Castron, and that's on the LPGA Tour. Jin Youngko, still number two in the world, but playing well. big summer ahead for Jin Youngko. Cameron Beckman gets it done on the Champions Tour. One-shot victory over Ernie Els. That's at the Dick's Sporting Goods Open at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in a three-man uh, playoff. Cameron da- Cam Davis with his first victory over Troy Merritt, Joaquin Neiman, all three players finished 18 under par. Playoff goes false, five holes deep. Cam Davis wins. Adam, we're giving away Tour Response golf balls in a few hours. Twenty weeks made continues. You know, I got a chance to play some big ballparks this week for the for mm-hmm. the first time in a while. I got to play uh, Beacon Hall on Tuesday, it was tremendous, and I got to play the North Course at Bondette with T.J. Rule. We're playing in the mm-hmm. ba- Black Wolf Cup together. Never played there before. Uh, tough golf course. Uh, t g and I were victorious in round one, so a round of applause for everybody but i got uh, the reason i 'm bringing this up is uh, uh my t p five x so i the first time I really got out on a big ballpark with the new t p five x wow i mean it 's spin inside hundred yards it 's as good as last year 's golf ball like as good as last year 's golf ball, but inside hundred it 's better it spins more i couldn 't believe it. I was talking to Nick uh the other day on the phone. Nick Orbridge from TaylorMade, and I said to Nick, I go, I was raving about the ball because, I, I, like, you know me, I don't spin the golf ball that much. So for me to be able to, like, spin the wedges inside 100, it was a big win. So it was excellent. Anyway, we're giving away, though, two response golf balls. Is there still a chance to win, Adam?
3: There's still a chance to win. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. Later today, we're giving away six dozen tour response golf balls perhaps balls for the rest of your life the rest of the summer maybe the rest of the week (laughs) but six dozen (laughs) golf balls we are giving them away later today on social
1: media and we'll be back this week for golf talk canada television i'm working the john deere classic for pga tour radio one of my last events coming up from home before we get to hit the road again now that quarantines are over and things like that are coming to an end uh bob are you starting are you working on open champion stuff already you got to be or what what are we looking on this week
2: yeah we're working on that adam and i are uh, working together on a few projects that we'll have some uh, essays that you'll see early in the week and then of course we'll be uh working with sports center and uh providing some updates and reports hopefully we'll get a little uh we'll get a little chat in with some of the boys our canadian boys before they head over and try and work on that as well. I guess Corey's over there so we'll get him over there, but um mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have full coverage of the Open Championship and uh and I'm looking forward to uh, to that as well. It's one of those one of those great ones, sort of like Wimbledon, you know, you get up in the morning, you walk out, get your coffee, turn the TV on and boom, there it is. It's great.
1: It it's great because it's all about, you know, the majors, they need an identity, right? And the identity of the Open Championship is the history, the links golf, you know, kind of going back in time as the, you know, the birthplace of the sport, the oldest championship, yada, yada, yada. But part of that for us as Canadians is, you know, it's like breakfast at Wimbledon, breakfast at the Open Championship. Uh, just like the Masters is kind of the birthright to spring for Canada. We all have a different relationship with each major. U.S. Opens about the importance of par. And now I feel with this new spot in the schedule, all of a sudden the PGA is really kind of crafting out a new identity for itself, which is amazing. And and what we saw this year in May at Keough Island and have what Phil Mickelson did just kind of elevates the status of everything. I think we're, you know, we're very lucky. Golf's in a very good place, and uh, we'll continue the conversation this uh, Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada Television. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, you have a great week. Golf this week or too busy, boys? Are we playing at any point?
2: <laughs> Maybe. I'm playing big time. I haven't played for three weeks, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out there a lot.
1: Get out there, Bob. Enjoy it. Friday looks lovely. This afternoon looks great. Hopefully you get out there this afternoon nice and hot. I'm sure Weston is in amazing shape. Adam, you're kind of, eh, maybe? Depending on uh, the schedule, hopefully sometime
3: midweek, probably on the weekend, and hopefully maybe hit a few fairways. I can't promise much. Maybe I'll go visit other members for fairways over again and, and socialize. Uh, I'm
1: borrow not someone, an expert in this shoes.
3: shoes. Yeah, and there shoes. you go.
1: I'm not an expert in this game, but it tends to get easier from the middle of the fairway. That I do know. Maybe. Thank you so much for listening. We're back on TV Wednesday. Leafs lunch coming up next. Do we get out the brooms tonight in Montreal? We will find out. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise.